the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here. Hey, whom do I thank for yesterday? Oh, Mark Davis. That's right. I still take it for granted he does a great job, but I I really don't think about it. I, uh, yesterday... I spoke on the Monday night in uh, Dallas. I spoke to uh, the leaders, 700 the leaders. Normally I speak to 5,000 members, but I spoke to 700 leaders because of COVID restrictions in Washington, D.C., so it was moved to Dallas. I spoke to the Christians United for Israel, largest Christian group in the United States. And as I told you I would tell them, I, I did explain they're no longer just Christians United for Israel. They're really Christians United for America, for the Western world and for Judeo-Christian values, and I proceeded to explain the uh, the threats to all of them that are emanating from the left in our time, and it, uh, it, was, it was a sobering speech, shall we put it that way, and uh, these are wonderful people. Afterwards, so many young people, there are a lot of young members, thank God just lined up for selfies because of the of PragerU and increasingly the radio, which is a, a big a big service that PragerU has provided to my radio show, just as the radio show made PragerU possible. It's been a beautiful symbiotic relationship. And then I visited a, a friend of mine who has four kids of virtually the same age, two pairs of twins, uh, it's with his uh, Chinese wife, and it, it was it was glorious. The kids are fantastic. It's a good way to do it, four at a time. They're within six months of the two twins are within six months of each other. Glorious stuff, very good, powerful stuff. The joy that uh, he and she have from their children, and then I keep reading about, oh, the couples who were deciding not to have children. Children are, are a ter- terrific risk. They can have a lot of pain. And, of course, the avoidance of paint is a major goal for more and more people. For more and more young people. Here's a piece in the uh, New York Post. Why progressive women want to date men who act like conservatives. My friend Mark, 36, is a catch by many New York City standards. He's good-looking, highly educated, and a talent photographer. He's also progressive and participates in protests and gives to left-leaning causes. And Mark is looking for love. He wants to get married and have kids. In a liberal city like New York... Swimming with single women wishing they weren't, one could assume Mark wouldn't have a problem finding a mate. And while he dates and recently had a couple of short-lived relationships, Mark remained single. 
He's trying to understand why. I'm really open-minded and cool about gender stuff on dates, but I always feel like I'm walking on eggshells, Mark told me. If I pay for dinner, it signals I don't value my date as my equal, so I'm super casual about it all. If she wants to pay or split it or whatever, that's fine with me. I told Mark that despite his best intentions, his egalitarian dating style could be the problem that's holding him back. While some women balk at any hint of traditional male gender behavior, more lament the loss of chivalry. I'm one of them. I find it attractive when a man plans our first few dates and knowingly walks curbside when we're together. It signals he wants to protect me from passing traffic or errant puddle splashes. When I was a kid, my mom told me to always walk outside, but I assume my generation of women would think it's too old-fashioned, Mark told me. Now I'm really confused. The female desire to feel protected and looked after is built into our DNA, says evolutionary psychologist Jeffrey Miller, a professor at the University of New Mexico. It's a mismatch between what progressive women say they want and what they actually respond to, Miller told me. Women's instinctive mate preferences have evolved for hundreds of thousands of years for guys who are competent, strong, good providers, good protectors, and happy with a sexual division of labor. Women want decisive men who are also compassionate and thoughtful. A 2018 study from Iowa State University backs this up, reporting that progressive women prefer men who demonstrate more traditional dating behaviors. The women found these men to be, quote, more attractive, unquote, because they signal a willingness, quote, to invest by being protective, committed, and by providing resources. Gwen Stefani presumably has no doubt of these findings. On July 3rd, the pop star who was raised in Blue State, California, wed country and western star Blake Shelton, a native of Red State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, who is pro-gun and a famous gentleman. Shelton even asked Stephanie's father, Stefani's father, for his blessing before proposing in the Catholic wedding chapel he built for his bride. When asked what she loves most about her betrothed, Stefani gushed, He's full of love and generosity, so you feel safe. You can lean on him and trust him. Yes, indeed. Anyway, it goes on. I'll read more later in probably the male-female hour. That's right. They don't know what they want. Their mind has been screwed with, played with, by progressive, uh, by progressive thinking. All right, everybody, Dennis Prager Show. I mean, I was reading a piece by Ibram X. Kendi, who is uh, sort of the guru of the black nationalist movement, the the guru of the uh, current uh, the current black thinking on matters. He's a professor at Boston University. Ibram X. Kendi, he changed his name to that, that's not his real name, that's fine, I'm not going to call him by, wants to be called Ibram X. Kendi, that's fine with me, but it is. it was done uh, to, sh- to show his nationalistic credentials. Our new post-racial myth, 
That's what the, this thing is about. The signposts of racism are staring back at us in big, bold racial inequities. But some Americans are ignoring the signposts, walking on by racial inequity. That's the new thing. They, they always change the goalpost. Not inequality, it's inequity. Inequity are results. Inequality is process. Riding on by the evidence and proclaiming their belief with religious fervor, America is not a racist country, Senator Tom Cotton said in April. Mr. Dennis Prager, whom you're listening to, said for decades that the charge that America is a racist country is the greatest national lie since the Jews were accused of killing Christian children to use their blood to bake matzah for Passover. Biggest national lie. And we're destroying America over it. So here's his evidence. Black babies, here it's a, a list. Black babies die at twice the rate of white babies. Now, why is that necessarily a result of racism on the part of non-blacks? He, they never, never, never show why it is. They show you the inequities, the results, but they never give the reason. They claim that it's racism that caused it. Might it be? Uh, might it be related to nearly 80% of black babies are born to unwed mothers, are born in circumstances that are not conducive uh, to their uh, being healthy at birth? No, can't can't say that. It's white racism. Next. Roughly a fifth of Native Americans and Latino Americans are medically uninsured. Almost triple the rate of white Americans and Asian Americans. So Native Americans and Latino Americans. So why is that a result of racism? And notice he didn't include blacks. He shifted it over to Native Americans and Latino Americans. I'm shocked he didn't say Latinx. So I'm sure he'll be corrected by some of his students. They're medically uninsured. Are we responsible, are, are, are Americans responsible for anything that is troubled in their life? By the way, does Latino Americans include illegal immigrants? I'll bet it does. We return. I'm Dennis Prager. How much equity do you have in your home? 50,000, 100,000, more? Cybercrime experts are alerting homeowners that the more equity you have, the greater the chance foreign and domestic criminals will come after you. Home title theft is one of the fastest growing crimes. In fact, Home Title Lock, America's leader in home title protection, is alerting homeowners they could already be a victim and not know it. Here's how it goes down. First, cyber thieves search hundreds of public databases for high equity homes. Next, they pull your home's online title, forge your signature stating you sold your home, and take out loans using your equity. You're not covered by insurance, your bank, or common identity theft programs. Protect your most valuable asset, register your address now to see if you're already a victim, and receive a complete title history of your home. A $100 value free. Go to HomeTitleLock.com 
HomeTitleLock.com. Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Janice's story. I was skeptical at first. But because of the pain that I was having when I would uh, substitute teach and have to climb stairs, so I have lower back, hip, and even knee pain. And after about three weeks, I found that I could climb stairs pain-free. But it wasn't only pain-free. I could do it step over step without holding on the railing. I'm really happy. It's, it makes me feel like I'm young again. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384. Eight hundred five hundred eighty three eighty four. So it's all laid out in this piece in the Atlantic, which constantly publishes left wing pieces that have a, a veneer of intellectuality. That that is the way I would define the Atlantic. The New York Times uh, opinion uh, writers are are more street fighters. The Atlantic has this patina of intellectuality. So the Ibram X. Kendi piece is worth analyzing. He is their foremost spokesman for America being a racist society. So this article just published is their way of explaining it. And it sounds very effective to his students, I am sure, at Boston University. And to your kids who go, oh my God, black babies die at twice the rate of white babies. That proves that there's racism in America. We don't care about black babies dying. No evidence is, is given for how exactly racism produces this. A fifth of Native Americans and Latino Americans are medically uninsured. Does he include illegal immigrants in the Latino Americans? Well, if he does, do you think it's an honest condemnation of the United States? Almost triple the rate of white Americans and Asian Americans. Native people, see, he switches when he can't find the data for blacks, so he goes to Native Americans. Native Americans are nearly three times as likely as white people to be impoverished. It would be interesting to see if does that include Native Americans living on Indian reservations. Be nice to find out, and we have we have a video at PragerU about the Bureau of Indian Affairs and how it has messed up Indians' lives. Anyway, is is it a result of America being racist? Was America bad to the Native American? Yes, it was. Notice the use of the past tense verb was. The life expectancy of black Americans is much lower than that of white Americans. Seventy-four and a half years 
versus 78.6 years. I presume they count the babies who prematurely die. Does this any is this because of racism that there's a 4-year difference in black life expectancy and white life expectancy? Is it a that's the question, isn't it? If it's not a result of that, then this whole thing is essentially a lie. White Americans account for 77% of the voting members of of Congress, even though they represent 60% of the U.S. population. Well, that really shows there's racism. My God. White members of Congress. He had to dig deep for this one. White members of Congress, voting members of Congress, account for 77% but they're only 60% of the U.S. population. Wow. You know what? It's very interesting that he doesn't go into anti-Semitism here, how Jews are, I think, 3% of the population, and I'm sure that they are more than 3% of the voting members of Congress. So does that, what does that prove? Really, what does that prove, other than Jews are very active in politics and seem to win elections? In the United States, black college graduates owe an average of $25,000 more in student loans than white college students. There you go. Boy, if there was ever evidence of racism in America, that's it. Black college students owe more in student loans than white college students. Why is that... Evidence of racism. Really? Well, I, I, he gives, they never give. I, I read to you this stuff every day. They, they never give evidence for their assertions. They just make assertions. Like Larry Elder twists facts about uh, black crimi- criminality rates. In the, uh, where was that published again? Oh, L.A. Times, by one of their columnists. She provides zero evidence of his twisting facts. She lied. He's in flat-out lie about Larry Elder. That's all they do is lie, because it works. Who's going to catch them? The New York Times? NPR? Native Americans die from police violence at three times the rate of white people. Now, why do you think that is? You think the police uh, have this uh, thing for killing uh, Native Americans? Why, why do you think that is? If it's, if it's true, why is it? Oh, it's a Native American. We'll shoot him dead. Black people die at 2.6 times the rate. Are uh, black people uh, involved in violence at a greater rate than white people, of their, given their percentage of the population? Of course they are. Might that not account for it? No, it's racism. Latino people at 1.3 times the rate. Oh, my God, that's extensive police racism. To say there is widespread racial inequity caused by widespread racism 
which he has not proved in one in one instance, which makes the United States racist, isn't an opinion, isn't a partisan position, isn't a doctrine, isn't a left-wing construct, isn't anti-white, and isn't anti-American. It is a fact. There you go. It's a fact. It's a fact because the Atlantic publishes it and says it's a fact. Widespread racism. That's why Latinos are are less medically insured than uh, than whites, because of widespread racism. But if it isn't true, it is a partisan position, it is an opinion, it is a doctrine, it is a left-wing construct, it is anti-white, and it is anti-American. There are people tired of quarantining their racist beliefs, anxious about being held accountable by wokeism and cancel culture, both of which he puts in quotes. There is no cancel culture. Yearning to get back to the normality of blaming black inferiority for racial inequity. Who blames black inferiority for racial inequity? How come I haven't met any? See, what he does, he's a liar. Ibram X. Kennedy Kennedy lies for a living. And this this article is a perfect example. So we blame black inferiority? Back in a moment. Don't you get tired of commercials screaming at you to buy gold now with inflated promises on future values? In an unregulated industry, you need honest, real experts to give you solid advice to protect your wealth and top picks on the best coins and bullion. As environmental policy becomes a hot topic, one precious metal that's been significantly undervalued for years is potentially set to surge. Nick Grovich, owner of AmFed Coin and Bullion, has long recommended this precious metal. Up to 600,000 ounces of this rare metal will be needed by 2030 to produce green hydrogen. Nick is doubling down on this pick, and you should too. Call Nick at AmFed Coin and Bullion to find out more. I've been friends with Nick for years, and he's my go-to guy when it comes to coins and bullion. I trust him. That's a very big statement, by the way. Call Nick at 800-221-7694-800-221-7694, AmericanFederal.com, AmericanFederal.com. Hi, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager. These are the moments when I think I have done you a service. The number of people who would slog through this article is very small. It's, it's to bathe in lies, the Ibram X. Kendi piece. That's why he would never debate someone like Larry Elder, let alone, well, not let alone. Now Larry's on a terrifically high level. But a, any black conservative, he would never debate them. They, know, they don't debate. I make this point regularly. The left, almost no prominent leftist. I'm, I'm not talking about leftists, you know, who have 2,000 followers on the Internet. There's no prominent leftist I know who debates conservatives, let alone a, uh, anyone in the, in the race industry. It, it, would be, it would be actually difficult to watch as you watch them be challenged on every lie that they, they offer. 
For years I asked that the left believe their lies, and I increasingly believe that they do. The ease with which people talk themselves into things is one of the less impressive aspects of human nature. So this is all about the the racism in America, and he fears that there are still Americans who don't don't don't, don't get it, who say America is not racist. The last the last point I read to you was that people who speak about wokeism and cancel culture are, quote, yearning to get back to the normality of blaming black inferiority for racial inequity. Of course, the Atlantic capitalizes black. This is new, and it's, it, it catches on overnight. The changes. They believe in change. Their bored souls thrive on change. Something I realized about people on the left many years ago. Black inferiority, really. Racial inequity. He, he has done a sleight of hand. He has changed black behavior for racial inequity. Yes, that's right. To a large extent, black behavior is responsible for black inequity. The reason more blacks are in violent confrontation with police is because more blacks proportionately are involved in violence. Period. End of issue. This is not an issue of black inferiority. It is a matter of black behavior. These believers are going after these people with disinformation. See, that's us. They are putting words in other lies coming up. They are putting words in the mouths of Black Lives Matter activists. By the way, Black Lives Matter just published the piece while I was gone. This week, I was gone for a day. They took advantage of it. <laughs> and uh, it was uh, to uh, blame the United States for the demonstrations in Cuba. That it's really a terrific country. A country of great equality. People aren't demanding freedom in a, in a communist totalitarian state. Black Lives Matter loves communist states. Black Lives Matter is a communist movement. Or more accurately, it's just a hate group. Period. End of issue. Do you know how many people could say Black Lives Matter is a hate group and not get canceled? You have to have a talk show, basically. Most of this country knows Black Lives Matter is a hate group. One of the great uh, truths that you can't utter. They are putting words in the mouths of Black Lives Matter activists, critical race theorists, the writers of the 1619 Project, and anti-racist intellectuals, and attacking the words they put in our mouths. But didn't he just put words in our mouths that we think blacks are inferior? This is utter projection. Representative Ralph Norman of South Carolina claims that we believe people with white skin are inherently racist. You don't? Is this man an idiot? I mean, it's one thing to be a liar, it's another to be an idiot. You don't believe that whites are inherently racist? All whites are racist. That is what is told students in virtually every college in this country. So what, what did the, what did the uh, let's see, what was he, representative in South Carolina add? Inherently? Oh, okay. We're not inherently racist. We've chosen to be racist. 
So that's even worse, correct? Inherently is not as bad. Can't blame yourself. Can't blame the person. All whites are racist is is a mantra of Ibram X. Kendi's ideological allies. It is a mantra. Hello, my friends. Hello, my friends. Hello. There are some facts that Ibram X. Kendi not only neglects in his lie about America being racist, he, uh, this is why he would never debate Larry Elder. Never. There's no sum of money, maybe a million dollars, but I don't think so because his reputation would be lost forever. He would look like the ignoramus he is. This is from Larry Elder. This is where uh, the L.A. Times said he twisted facts and gave a zero evidence for it. As I said, either this woman Guerrero of the L.A. Times is lying or Larry Elder is lying. So I love clarity. Fact, blacks kill twice as many whites as whites kill blacks. Fact, blacks are 13% of the population. They commit 50% of the murders. Fact, of the 50% of black homicides, they're mostly committed by young black men. This means roughly 3% of the population is responsible for 50% of the nation's homicides. Now, either I read a lie to you or the truth. Right? This is not a uh, complex question. Who is lying to you, the left or us? Larry Elder and I lying to you? Or is the left lying to you? That's why they don't debate us. They don't have the intellectual bases with which to debate us on any subject. Florida governor, he, I'm continuing the Ibram X. Kendi piece in Atlantic. Think the Atlantic would publish Larry Elder on the subject? Interesting question, no? Florida Governor Ron DeSantis claims that we believe, quote, all our institutions are bankrupt and illegitimate. That's pretty true about the left. Except uh, the irony is, now both of us believe it. I think our institutions are bankrupt, and I'm on the right. Because the left has rendered them illegitimate. You think the FBI is as honest as it once was? Think the CIA is? Think the Department of Justice is? You think the American Medical Association is? You think the American Psychoanalytic Association is? Name, name the association. It's time for America to discard the left-wing myth of systemic racism, former Vice President Mike Pence tweeted on June 3rd. America is not a racist nation. America is the most just, righteous, noble, and inclusive nation that has ever existed on the face of the earth. That's what I've been saying for years. That's correct. We've heard this before, writes Ibram X. Kendi. America is not a racist nation. Is the new America is a post-racial nation. We are witnessing the birth of the new post-racial project. The post-racial myth was embedded so deeply into the American consciousness that when Trump ran a racist campaign and won eight years later, what was his racist campaign? 
They again, no evidence. They doesn't even have an underline for you to go to a, a website that reports that how it was racist. How was it racist? He attacked John McCain, and by the way, wrongly so. Is that racist? John McCain is white. What was racist about his campaign? The only charge I ever heard to prove that it was a racist campaign was his description of some of those who come across the border from Mexico as rapists and so on. And I thought he did overgeneralize. But that was it. That was the entirety. And it wasn't because of their race. Countless people were shocked. The myth of a post-racial America died with Trump's, Trump's election. Really? The racist Trump did more for blacks than the anti-racist Obama. Correct or incorrect? Correct or incorrect? It has now been resurrected, paving the conceptual way for Trump's return and the ruin of this nation. Okay. I think the left ruins the nation. He thinks Trump ruins the nation. And those are what I excerpted from a... 3,000, nearly 3,000 word piece. That is what the left uh, tells people. With zero substance, zero backing, zero evidence. This is what your kids are learning at college. Actually, there was a piece. Oh, i got to find that one. There was a piece I read about college and what it does to men. In particular, I, look, I've I've long said it ruins women, but the uh, what's in store for your sons is in first things. Well, a great journal too. It's an author. In the nineteen seventies, Waylon Jennings and Willie Nelson playfully warned mothers about the downsides of the cowboy business. Mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. Don't let them pick guitars and drive them old trucks. Make them be doctors and lawyers and such. I've been a professor at Bucknell University for 20 years. Yes, he's not an oil. He's a professor. And alas, I find myself singing that tune with new lyrics. Mamas, don't let your male babies grow up to attend a woke liberal arts college. It is my considered view that a parent with the best interests of a male child at heart should be intensely concerned about what he is likely to experience at a school like the one in which I work. Young men in institutions like mine are mercilessly stereotyped. They are compelled to unquestioningly acquiesce to fundamentally anti-male social justice doctrines that are in the process of becoming the raison d'etre, the reason for being, of such institutions. This is quite a powerful piece. We should put it up. Is a professor sending your boys to college what it will do. The Dennis Prager Show, live from the Relief Factor pain-free studio.
I was reading to you, Ibram X. Kendi, the guru of the America is a piece of crap movement, and uh, he wrote that uh, we thought we were in a post-racial society, and then they elected the racist Donald Trump. And I said I thought that the charge... Which is a total lie. The guy's not a racist. I don't think he has a racist bone in his body. I don't think he gives a damn about your race, frankly. He's a New York businessman who wanted to make money. Black dollars are as great as Hispanic dollars and white dollars. Anyway, and, and, and he did more good for blacks, which is all that matters. If, if there were a president who didn't like Jews but did more for Jews and Jewish welfare than any other president, I would say I don't care if he likes Jews. By the way, in general, this whole thing is an amazing thing. The preoccupation uh, with uh, with racism as as one's beliefs. The whole uh, left, because it's an anti-wisdom movement, is... The opposite, it assesses people in the opposite way I do, because I I learned wisdom from something called the Bible. You judge people by their behavior, not by their thoughts. One of the most powerful stories I ever told was, was a guy who called my show in my first decade on radio. He said to me, Dennis, you got to help me out. I'm, I'm, I'm a really bad son. I said, how's that? said, well, I've been, for the last 10 years, I've I've been, or five years, I don't remember, a long time. I've been taking care of my very ill mother. I've been her sole financial and emotional support. And I got to tell you, there are times that I wish the disease would, would take her. I said, so you think you're a bad son? I said, well, isn't it obvious? Look at what I just told you. And I said, sir... I want you to know that I believe you're one of the most wonderful sons that I've ever had the honor of meeting. That you'd so take care of your mother, despite what you're thinking? Isn't all that matters what you do? He had never heard that in his life. He was assessing himself by his thoughts. Not just others. This is what the left does because there's no wisdom on the left. None. You cannot be a leftist and wise. You can be a liberal, you can be a conservative, you can't be a leftist. We assess people by their behavior. Maybe God assesses us by our thoughts. Although, I'm not sure about that. But I am sure that we assess behavior. Donald Trump did more for blacks than any president I am aware of. 